saying, Isn't He Wonderful? Number 705. Today in the adult Sunday school class, we'll be studying Christology. Isn't He Wonderful? Yes. All right, let's sing it. sing in our next group of Sunday schoolers. Let's sing it again the second time. Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? Eyes have seen, ears have heard, is recorded in God's word. Jesus my Lord wonderful. was thinking about our study from last Sunday night and I'm understanding that those uh, studies are going to continue concerning the cults which makes the subject that I'm going to attempt to cover um, very critical in our lives as believers, as Christians and I shared uh, somewhat of a testimony about that, that when I was, can I say, in the process of getting saved, that I went home from church one morning, and I had two men standing on my front porch as I came home. And they had lots of literature to share with me, and you know they uh, they talked a good talk um, to me as an unbeliever. It was interesting. I didn't see the problems with it, and so that evening when I went back to church, um, I shared with my pastor what I found. I said, you know, I had somebody waiting for me when I got home today. These two men were on the porch and had lots of stuff to share with me. And he opened his Bible rather quickly to Second uh, John. And he made it very clear to me why I didn't need to be talking to those people and why I needed to get rid of the literature that is so sounds so good, but it's not teaching the truth and that's why I think all these studies are important and I'm not going to say the one that I'm doing is more important than one of the others because it's not but this one is very critical because every cult gets this wrong and they may sound close but they may be missing one little piece that means that they're serving a different Jesus than the Bible teaches. I'm not going to give the idea that I'm going to do this perfectly. I'm not. 
I'm going to share with you what I've read, what I believe the Bible teaches, and scripture to back it up. My three references are, well, there's four, the Bible. And then these three books, uh, Basic Theology by Charles Ryrie, Practical Christian Theology by Floyd Berrickman, and a survey, survey of Bible Doctrine, which pastor has shared, and there's one more copy for somebody that doesn't have one, a survey of Bible Doctrine by Charles Ryrie. So that's, uh, that's where we're headed. Uh, Christology, the doctrine, teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, our main uh, subject is the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, which, by the way, those two men denied the deity of Jesus Christ. But as an unbeliever, I didn't know that and would have easily been drawn in the wrong direction. Um, Valerie, I know, has talked about uh, one of her, I believe it's aunt, or anyway, grandmother, sorry, that was caught up in that cult or fed from that cult and needed uh, this teaching concerning the deity of Lord Jesus Christ, which is in the scripture. It's fundamental to Christianity. It's fundamental to salvational faith in Jesus Christ. Um, No one but God could be the Savior. And all that can be said of God can be said of Jesus Christ, the Son. So I want to begin with his divine names. And the first one is God. He is called God. Turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 9. By the way, I am open to comments and questions. I may not have the answer but uh, we'll accept them nonetheless. He is called God. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The word to fill in your blank would be the Mighty God. John chapter 1 and verse 1. You're welcome to turn there with me if you want to. John chapter 1 and verse 1. says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Notice that there is no article before the name God. He is not a God. He is the God. And so the word to fill in your space is the word was God. Pastor. Which 
I'll read it while I'm there. I know I'll get it later, but that's fine. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 20 and verse 28. We see um, Thomas answering here. John chapter 20 and verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, Well, let me go before. Um, let's, let's go back to 27, where Jesus saith he, then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach thither my, thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. So we see here Thomas referring to him as God. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. First Timothy 3 and verse 16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest, manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on, in the world, received up into glory. So we see here... Um, that God was manifest in the flesh, referring to Jesus Christ as God. I may not read every reference that I have on your paper. They're there for you for um, more study if you choose. Let's move on to B. The Greek text identifies him to be God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 12. Now I know 2 Thessalonians is in here. <laughs> 2 Thessalonians 1.12 says that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as I look at that verse, it's not speaking of two graces, if you will. It's not talking about the grace of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ as being two different. One, graces. Therefore, I see that as it speaking of one grace and one God, uh, that being God and the Lord Jesus Christ both. And that's <clears throat> the Greek text brings that together. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 5, very similar uh, case. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 5 
says, for, for this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. It's not talking about two different kingdoms. It's talking about one kingdom and one God referring to God and Christ. On to number letter C. Letter C. <clears throat> he exists in the form of God. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 and 6. It says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So he exists in the form of God. And that phrase, being in the form of God. We will... um, address the last part of that verse at a different time. I'm not going to... uh, We'll deal with that when we get to his incarnation and his earthly life. Letter D, he is the image of the invisible God. Colossians chapter 1. And I have to use that. GE Power Company. (laughs) is how I remember Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Okay, Colossians 1 and verse 12. And sometimes it helps. <laughs> okay, in uh, Colossians 1, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints... Am I in the right place? Yes. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So who is of the image of the invisible God? And we will deal with the second half of that verse a little bit later, uh, possibly today. So he is the image of the invisible God. And next, he is the express image of God's being, Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. says, God at sundry times and diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heirs of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the express image of God's being, of his being, of his person. 
So that is his divine name uh, as the first one as in God, where he is referred to as uh, God. Any thoughts, comments? Okay. The second name we want to look at is where he is called Lord. So let's look at... We're going to be comparing a few verses uh, for this because Jesus is identified as Lord, Yahweh, or Jehovah, the personal name for God. And so these references here are meant to be compared one with another. So to compare Luke chapter 3, verses 4 through 6 with Isaiah 4, 3 and 4. So we'll go to Luke 3, 4 through 6. I'll find my place eventually. 3, 4 through 6. Here we As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough way shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. We compare that with Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And verses 3 and 4. We see in Isaiah 40, verse 3, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, all caps, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, And every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. That word Lord there, all caps, Jehovah. And then we see uh, further down where the reference to God is Elohim. And when you look back at Luke chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, where you see the word Lord, that is the Greek word Curios, and then at the end of verse 6 you see the word God that is Theos and so obviously Luke is taking that from Isaiah and therefore the two words Lord uh, Curios and Jehovah is making the connection of Jesus deity as being God in that connection of those two words. So I hope that's clear. Okay. Let's look at one other um, of the uh, comparisons. Let's compare 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And compare that with Jeremiah 23, 
and verses 5 and 6. Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6. Where we read, 23, 5, and 6. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. This is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. So the word righteousness, uh, referring to Jesus Christ in uh, verse First uh, Corinthians one thirty, and then to go to Jeremiah and see um, the Lord that would be Jehovah, our righteousness. So again, the comparison of the word. Uh, Jehovah, the Lord, in the Old Testament to Jesus Christ, which says in uh, 1 Corinthians one thirty, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness. So that comparison showing him being, it's a divine name, him being uh, called God and the deity, his deity by the word uh, Jehovah and the word Lord, which is Kyrios, in chapter 1 and verse 30. So, Jesus is identified as Lord. Yeah, verse 31 of First Corinthians chapter 1, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So, yes, thank you. Then, probably one that is common, more common to us, maybe, is C, and a statement to begin this where he is called the word, Uh, the blanks there, a spoken or written word expresses one's feelings or thoughts. A spoken or written word expresses one's feelings or thoughts. So A, the Son has always expressed what the invisible God is. And this is where we get to first or John one fourteen. John one fourteen. I knew we would get there eventually, I just couldn't remember exactly when it came into place. And I will find it. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word, Jesus Christ referred to as the word, Revelation 19, verses 11 through 13, says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, 
and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. The Word of God. And then Colossians 1.15 Uh, This is also a verse that came up on Sunday night. And we will refer back to it at a later time as well. Colossians 1.15 Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So that doing to do with the fact that he is the son has always expressed what the invisible God was he is the image of the invisible God and we will deal with the second half at another time so the son is always also always expressed what truth God communicates to man we see that in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 27 Matthew 11:27 And all things are delivered unto me of my father and no man knoweth the son but the father neither knoweth any man the father save the son and he to whomsoever the son will reveal him So the son Jesus Christ the son reveals to us that which the Father wants him to communicate to us. And that's what we see here in Matthew eleven twenty seven. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. So we see the Father through the Son. Also, the Son expressed certain qualities of God's nature by his creative works. Back to... John chapter 1 and verse 1. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So he expressed qualities of God's nature through his creative works. In Psalm 19 and verse 1 also uh, speaks to that end. Psalm chapter 19 and verse 1 where it says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. So to put those two verses together to show that he does express uh, qualities of God's nature by his creative work. Yes, qualities is the one that goes in the blank. He expressed certain qualities of God's nature by his creative works or work. Okay. 
Letter D, the son expressed God's thoughts by his word. Or his words. Words in it. Yeah, by his words. And that is in Revelation 1.1. 1, 1. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. So he expressed God's thoughts by his words. And then E, the Son, manifested the Father by his words and actions. <clears throat> the Son manifested the Father's word by his words and actions. Um, John chapter 1 and verse 18. John 1.18 says, No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So we can see the Father through the Son. He manifests the Father by his words and actions. John chapter 5 and verse 19 is another verse that talks about that. where he says, John 5, 19, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For whatsoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. So he is manifesting the Father by his words and actions. And this all goes back to show the deity of Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God. Um, sorry. I just lost my place. <laughs> all right. We'll go on to John chapter 12 and verse 49. John 12, verse 49. Where it says, For I have not spoken of myself, and this is Jesus speaking, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment which what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting, Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as, I, as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So he is uh, manifesting the Father by his words and his actions and carrying out the Father's will through that. And then lastly, under the word, uh, letter F, only... One who is God can fully reveal God. Only one who is God can fully reveal God. And a verse that we've already 
uh, read part of, back to Hebrews chapter 1 and verses 1 through 3, where it says, God, who had sundry times and diverse manners, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sin, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So only one who is God could fully reveal God. Any thoughts or comments before I move on to the next name? I want to begin the next name, which is where he's called Son of God, by reading out of um, Ryrie's basic theology book. And I know you don't have that with you, but it reads, The designation, Son of God, when used of our Lord, means of the order of God and is a strong and clear claim to full deity. In Jewish usage, the term Son of did not generally imply any sort of subordination but rather equality in identity of nature. Example, the name Son of Encouragement in Acts 4.36 doubtless means the encourager. Sons of Thunder in Mark 3.17 probably means thunderous men. Son of Man especially is applied to Christ in Daniel 7.13 and consists constantly in the New Testament essentially means the representative man. Thus, for Christ to say, I am the Son of God, was understood by his contemporaries as identifying himself as God equal with the Father. So the name Son of God. When this name is used of Jesus, it expresses his eternal relationship to and equality with God the Father. So the word to go in your blank is relationship. John chapter 5. This is a rather lengthy passage, so if you want to turn there with me. John chapter 5, starting in verse 18. John chapter 5 and verse 18 says, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what the Father but what he seeth the Father do. For whatsoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. 
For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth the Son honoreth the fa- not the he that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and that they and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. So we see the name Son of God there in verse 26. And letter B, he was the Son of God before his incarnation. Psalm 2 and verse 7. Psalm 2 and verse 7 says, I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And in Galatians 4 4 it says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under, under the law. God could not have sent forth something that was not already in existence, if you will. In other words, the Son was already in existence before he came to earth as a baby. Letter C, the Jews understood this name to be a title of deity. John chapter 5 verse 17 says, But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he had not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. And then letter D. Jesus manifested the character of the father. Uh, to make save a little bit of time, uh, John one thirty says, Jesus says, "I and my Father are one." And I wanted to read more out of Ryrie's book for that, but time is not going to allow that. Uh, letter E. He is the first begotten. This is the second half of Colossians one. 15, where it says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? He is prior to and ranks above all creation. He is supreme. Uh, this example alone points to his deity. He is supreme. He is above all with reference to creation, not as part of creation. And he is Mary's firstborn son, born before her other children. Now, this is important 
because there are those out there, there are those religions who uh, teach differently than this. And I won't get into that. I just want to point out that uh, he is Mary's firstborn, born before her other children. And um, the reference you, references you have there, I'll go to Matthew 13.55, where it said, Is not this a carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. He is also the first to raise from the dead, never to die again. Colossians 1.18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. He is supreme. There is no question about that. And then let's go down to letter F and briefly touch on he is the only begotten son. Very familiar verse to us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This designation emphasizes the uniqueness of the Son in relation to the Father. He is eternally the Son and possesses the divine essence in common with the Father. There are um, a few verses there concerning his eternal pre-existence. If you would want to look into them uh, yourself. I won't uh, go on to them because I've run out of time. And so the references are there for you to look at if you have any doubts that he existed from eternity past. Any comments? That's not a bad thing. That means I've either bored you to sleep or I've given you... I will tell you, I did have another page with two sides on it, but that'll be next week. (laughs) So, what? It's all good. Praise the Lord. Shane, would you close us in a word of prayer? Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much, first of all, for this beautiful day that you have made for us. We thank you for the many blessings you bestow upon us each and every day. We thank you for this time in your word. We thank you and pray that you would be with Sean as he brings the next three uh, lessons, that your Holy Spirit would be speaking to him, and that, again, you would lead us into all truth. We thank you so much for the time now and for the time to come that you'd be a Pastor Matt as he brings your message, that you would open our hearts and minds to the truth that you have for us then as well. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.